Okay. Hello, everybody. It is Monday, and today is going to be the 27th episode of 62 Who Knew. We are here in uh, beautiful Newport Ritchie at the We Beam TV studio, and uh, just happy to be here. Uh, we have an incredible show planned for you tonight. I know I say that a lot, but uh, this one's going to be a record breaker, I have a feeling. Uh, it's, it's just 62 Who Knew at its best. But before we go any further, we're going to start as we always do. Usually at this point, I introduce... My beautiful co-hostess, Ms. Nada Cerrito, but she's not here. Uh, she got attacked by that vicious bug that's going around everywhere, and she's uh, really knocked her down for the count. She is home fighting it off. So uh, from all our 62 Who Knew viewers all around the country, let's send some positive healing thoughts to Nada so she can get back up. I mean, it's uh, had some big temperature changes here. We went from the 40s to the 60s. I mean, last week, I think I mentioned it got so cool here. I almost had to put the top on my car. So I, I know that really uh, has a lot of people throwing us pity for where there's ice storms and where it's two degrees. But we wish Nada to get, get better as quickly as possible. I want to thank last week's guest, Mr. Stephen Sluss. Uh, we had an incredible talk about reverse mortgages, and uh, that show also drew uh, thousands and thousands of viewers, a little more than 20,000, and some great questions on our website. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is the way we start the show all, all the time. I'm going to give you just a little synopsis. What is 62 Who Knew? 62 Who Knew was created based on the, quite frankly, the, the double-edged sword, the mixed blessing of longer lifespans. And that's what my generation, I'm 60 years old, is going through today. Everyone, every generation since, since forever, as they approach retirement, they have the same thoughts. Have I saved enough? Should I pay off my mortgage? Should I not? Uh, you know, did, did I put enough in the IRAs, the 401ks? Should I put more in the stock market? Do I need long-term care insurance? Should I have dropped the life insurance? Should I have gotten more life insurance? Should I take Social Security at 62? Should I defer it? Will it even be here in years? Every generation has the same thoughts as they approach their early 60s, except for my generation. And why? Because the 10,000 people a day in this country for the next 19 years that are turning 62 years old 
are facing an obstacle that no other generation has ever faced. And it is that obstacle I mentioned at the very beginning, longer lifespans. Never ever in the history of mankind over the last several decades has medical breakthroughs, science and technologies advanced medical um, cures for us. The great majority of women's cancer, men's cancer, is curable of court in early stages. Diabetes is well under control. We're doing things with heart uh, transplants and, and taking a plaque away from uh, our organs that are just incredible, and there's more even coming. So now when you make it to that 60 mark, 60-62, the odds are very, very good, better than break even, that you could be here another 30 years. And you have to let that sit in. You're 60 or 62 years old, and you're going to be here another 30 years. That's half the time you've been here. And the truth of the matter is only less than 1% of the United States of America is capable of retiring in their early 60s and living a high quality of life for another 25 or 30 years. And as we learned from one of our guests from the Weizmann Institute about three months ago, that's going to go to 100 in our lifetime. But right now, it's in the 90s. So 62 who knew that we were going to live this long was invented from those thoughts, that theory. And every week, we endeavor to bring on a guest that will help people approaching 62 and beyond. It's not just 62 probably in your early 50s and beyond, prepare for those 30 years. Social security experts, long-term care insurance experts, Medicare experts, uh, the, the reverse mortgage experts as we had last week, health experts, in-home care experts, life insurance experts. Tonight, we have a very, very special guest, and I want to get to him as quickly as possible. I have had a lot of our guests I don't have the pleasure of meeting. Several I have. Uh, this man I did have the pleasure of meeting a couple of years ago in his hometown in Connecticut. Uh, this is an internationally known long-term care, Medicare, and alternative health care expert. He's traveled the world, not just the country, teaching tens of thousands of people about this. And as you know, two of our best episodes ever, two of my favorite episodes of this show, were when Mr. Mark Goldberg of FBS and Mr. Bill Comfort, two of the greatest long-term care experts in the country, uh, came to our show on two separate occasions, three separate occasions, actually, and those shows were accepted by our audience so well. Um, and we discussed traditional long-term care insurance. We, tr we discussed the new hybrid products. Today, although Sean is as capable, if not more, than either one of them, Sean has agreed tonight to talk a little bit about Medicare and alternative LTC products. How about those millions, if not tens of millions of people who are not capable of getting long-term care insurance? Maybe it's their age, maybe it's their health, maybe it's the expense. He knows much more about it. But that's what he came here to discuss tonight. Uh, again, this is 62 who knew at its best if the tens of millions of people between the age of 62 and, and up are not capable of getting traditional long-term care insurance. There are experts like Mr. Sean DeVoe that will show you other options, and quite frankly, his company, FPS, will assist you with that. So if we could, let's bring Sean on the screen. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? I am doing very good. I'm waiting for that double-edged shot so we can see you. Okay. All right. There you go. Thank there you for you coming go. on. I know you're not at full strength. Really appreciate it. No, I'm, do I'm doing great, um, and it it's such I'm so excited to be on your show tonight. Um, I do have one confession to make. You just said that you're 
just turned 60. Yeah. Well, I hit a, I hit a milestone too. I just turned 50. You don't um, look 50. Well, I got to I got to use these things now to actually <laughs> straight. So, uh -huh. um, but it's amazing. I, I just realized that I started in the senior solution business mm -hmm. when I was 25 years old. So wow. half, half my life, most of my adult life has been committed to solving problems and uh, are solutions for seniors. And that's why I respect you so much because we have the same passion in doing what we do. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And you, you play a much bigger role in that world than I do. I was, uh, I mentioned this man's name so many times and, and, uh, and people are going to wonder if, uh, you know, this guy floats on air, but he kind of does to me. Yeah, I, I was blessed the day that I met Peter Gelbwex uh, over a decade ago, who then introduced me to Mark Goldberg, to Bill Comfort, um, and, and, and many other people that I'm not going to mention at this point because I want to get to you. And now you being in that, in that same group, uh, just a group of wonderful people um, who not just make a living in senior solutions, but have such a passion for caring about people. If I could go back in time, I love my mortgage career, very proud of what I've done in the last 37 years, especially the last 10 years in the reverse mortgage world. But if I could go back, it, you know, people say I'd be, I want to be an astronaut, I'd want to be a rocket scientist. You're going to laugh, I would be in the long-term care business and try and get the word out that how great this product is, yet how misunderstood it is and how many millions of people uh, it can help. But I'm going to start with a question for you that I ask everyone in your business because I find, um, and I don't know what the answer is going to be, but I always find that it's amazing how many people went into the long-term care world uh, because of some sort of event in their own family. And um, I know the story from Peter Gelbwax and uh, his mom. I know the story of Mark and his mom and Bill Comfort. Um, I got asked, taking a chance here, you might go, nothing to do with it. Um, but how did a 25-year-old develop a passion for helping seniors? Well, that's, that's a great question, and it's... Um it's a story that's that's obviously near and dear to my heart. I, I got out of school, uh, college at, at 21, and I think my goal was to be a lawyer. Uh, so I deferred for a year because I needed to make money to go to law school. And I started a business in actually Manhattan, New York. And I was very, very fortunate. Uh, I was at the right place at the right time, and the business grew and grew and grew and grew. But then I got a phone call um, at 23 years old and the phone call was from where my mom works and she was a, a emergency room nurse and uh, she was 49 at the time and the call was from a, a family friend who was a doctor that my mom my mom suffered a stroke at 49 years old and it wasn't a slight stroke it was a serious life-altering stroke um, luckily I was in a situation where my business was doing so well that I had offers to sell the business. So basically at 23, I sold my business. I retired from Manhattan back to Connecticut and I cared for my 41, 49 year old, excuse me, mother for about two and a half years. And the issues I always bring up about that, uh, my parents unfortunately were divorced and my brother and sister were both in college. So they had to turn to me. Um, we're not only the financial burden, uh, I couldn't work, I needed to be there. But I think the hardest part was the psychological burden on my mom. I mean, here's a 49-year-old lady relying on her 24-year-old son to help her do things like bathe, 
go to the bathroom, change your clothes. And it really changed my life. Um, and that's actually how I got into the long-term business. Flash forward a couple of years later, um, my mom got diagnosed um, with cancer. Um, two days later, my dad got diagnosed with cancer at ages 53 and 56. The smartest thing I ever did in my life, my dad was living in Nevada at the time, I bought my dad a long-term care insurance policy. My mom, unfortunately, was uneligible for a long-term care policy because of her stroke. So uh, what, what I did is I moved my dad right into my home and he had the most wonderful care for the rest of his life. Uh, they ended up passing away in 1999, about two and a half years, uh, I mean, excuse me, about nine days apart. Um, and it just made me really see how important these solutions are uh, for the folks that we, we talk to every day. And that story is, uh, that's an amazing story. It's, um, it's a hot, it's a heart wrenching story, quite frankly. Um, it really is. And, uh, it's amazing what, uh, what road you take to get to, uh, to where you are. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, um, ugh, through all the love, you know, you gotta, yeah, you have to take pride. Uh, quite frankly, I, I, I've only met you once. Um, today will be the second time if we count video and audio uh, of what kind of son and uh, what kind of man you are. That's, uh, that's incredible to me. And uh, just, uh, just a pleasure and a, and a privilege to know you and to do business with you. It, it really is. It's uh, blessed to, to have this group uh, involved with 62 who knew really and truly. Well, so Michael, Michael, thank you. And I, I really appreciate that. But the whole point of this thing is my mom wasn't prepared at 49 and I, I obviously wasn't prepared at, at 24. Um, and I think part of what we're doing right now is helping people get prepared so they never have to experience um, things that you've experienced, I've experienced, and, and quite frankly, a lot of the other people that you've had as guests on, on, the, on the show experience. So that's where my passion comes from. And it shows for sure, and not just today, but I know in other things that you do because uh, I am familiar with other things that you do. So we're going to, uh, I know that there's some things that you have to be very careful of when it comes to Medicare and certain things uh, because of state-to-state -state issues, and I know they have no sense of humor. Um, usually I just wing questions. In this particular mm -hmm. case, I want the audience to know uh, that I actually had Sean prepare questions because I don't want to accidentally ask something that I shouldn't. Um, we still got a good amount of time. We're taking no commercial breaks on this show. Um, we're going to lead people to the FBS website so they can contact you directly, and I hope they do to, uh, to, to, on a plethora of things. Um, but it, it has always amazed me as a novice when I'm done talking about using a reverse mortgage to help finance long-term care insurance or whatever I may be talking about. And people go, I don't need any of that stuff. I, ha I have Medicare. I don't need I anything Medicare. else. I'm set for life. Now, I know enough from professionals like you to know that's a ridiculous statement. But what is Medicare? Tell, you know, tell, give it to me on layman's terms. Well, Medicare was, was enacted into law in 1965, really started in 1966. And to put it very simply, Medicare is one's health insurance once they become 65. Um, and everybody's eligible for it, except certain groups like teachers uh, and some federal workers um, that have plans outside Medicare. 
Um, it's also available for folks under 65 with certain types of disabilities um, and folks with end-stage renal disease. And they just, uh, they just offered it to folks suffering from a, a disease called ALS, often mm -hmm. called Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, you know, what's covered under Medicare, uh, I think, is, is, is really important. And I think there's a lot of confusion because in recent years, they've added a lot to it. A me original Medicare in 1966 was made up of really two simple parts, Part A and Part B. Um, part A covers hospitalizations. Um, so if you go to the hospital, that's what Part A covers. And Part A and Part B are actually federally funded. Um, generally, it covers hospitalizations um, or ambulance rides if you need a surgery. Um, part B, on the other hand, is really designed for physicians. So it covers things like doctors. It covers things like doctor's visits, um, doctors visiting you in the hospital, even preventative care. Um, and then as we went along, um, several years back, um, they offered something called Part D. And Part D very simply stands for prescription drugs. So um, prescription drugs or Part D um, are sold, they, they're not uh, funded by the federal government. They're sold by individual insurance companies. So it makes sense for anybody looking into Medicare, especially with Part D, uh, to go to a specialist who knows Medicare so they could shop it um, because it's a state by state, uh, like you said, difference and the prices could range wildly yeah and I, and I just got to finish now there's part C and this is where I've got to be very careful um, part C is something called Medicare Advantage programs um, and what it does it really you you still have to have part uh, B coverage but it basically combines all of part A part B Part D within one program, um, but there are some limitations um, to uh, Part A, um, Part B, Part C, um, and I, I think it's important that that people know the, the differences between the two. Yeah, and and, and let's face it, most people don't. Um, right. And right. you know, which you know, my dad. Uh, thank God, we had a great financial planner throughout most of his life. Uh, I remember saying him saying to us at at sixty five. For my mom and my dad, uh, I just gave your mom and dad uh, each, a, you know, a, Med a Medicare supplemental program. Don't ask sure. me whether they need it or not. Just cut the mm -hmm. check every month from the mortgage company. And for right. about 10, 15 years, I thought to myself, why am I cutting this check, you know, every month until things started to go wrong? And then, quite frankly, it, it, it was a gift. So sure. what you just talked about, Medicare A, B, C, and D, is this instead of a MedSup? or in addition to? Well, tell me how, how they fit together. Okay. M Medicare, again, is, is Part A, Part B, Part D, Part C. The original Medicare, Part A and Part B, um, there are some gaps within Medicare. So Part A and Part B, um, generally, again, it's federally funded, will cover up to 80% of the costs between hospitalizations and physicians. So it's generally necessary for folks who have original Medicare have what's called a Medicare supplement. They're also called Medigap 
programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are sold um, by traditional insurance companies, names you've heard of. Um, and I'm not going to mention any companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's state to state to state. Um, and that's why you really need to get with, with a long-term care specialist. Yeah. Now, with, with, now, with a Medicare supplement, there are actually 10 different, currently 10 different Medicare supplement plans. Uh, a lot of times we, we refer to it as the alphabet soup. So there's, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan G, plan F. And, and you just, you really have to know what exactly is covered through these programs. But the interesting thing that a lot of people don't know is that the Medicare supplement plans are standardized. So if you're in the state of Florida, for example, and you buy a plan G, and I don't care which company, maybe 12 or 15 companies sell plan G, a plan G from company A, B, and C are going to have the same exact benefits. It's standardized. The only difference between the, the plans are going to be the cost to the companies. So again, get with a specialist. You could even do a little homework by going to the Department of Insurance in your state, and it's published, the actual rates on a Medicare supplement plan. So with a Medicare supplement plan, it's, it's very easy. The benefits are identical, so we really shop by the lowest price. Um, mm-hmm. And again, if someone has a, a Part C, which is the Medicare Advantage, there is absolutely no need for a Medicare supplement. That's what I never understood. So if they have Part C, the MedSup is redundant. Correct. Correct. Because Med C, uh, Part C really is going to include um, Part A, Part, Part B, a lot of times Part D, so you do get the prescription drug included. It includes things like vision, dental, hearing, um, that traditional Medicare is not going to cover. Um, the, the, the issue is a lot of times, you know, you have to go within a network. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there are co-pays mm-hmm. with, with Medicare Advantage, uh, whereas a, a true Medicare supplement will basically, basically allow you to see any doctor at any time. Mm-hmm. So We did enjoy know, that with my mom and dad between you know, uh, being able to see their doctors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, really, when we're talking about Medicare, I, 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 would, I would really encourage people, again, to, to go to a specialist in their state. And all you have to do is, is go to our website. Uh, we're a national organization. And um, we could find somebody um, in your state, in your town even, That's who right. could come, come out or even on the phone, go over with you. What is the most, you know, applicable or appropriate plan for you? But there are really six things I would consider when choosing between traditional Medicare insurance or, or Medicare health insurance and a Med Advantage plan. Number one, how much could you afford? Yeah, I, I think affordability is really key with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a I'm a firm believer when it comes to any type of insurance. If you're going to have to do without uh, to afford an insurance plan, it may not be right for you. Um, Makes sense. You know, you you wouldn't have to. You don't want to give up your 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 quality of life to pay for insurance. And I hear this all the time with clients, you know, as, as young as forty and as high as you know ninety. They're spending 
more and more and more on their insurance. Number two, um, does the plan cover the actual services I need? Um, because a lot of times they don't. So you've got to be really clear with the specialists that you're talking to what exact services you need. Um, number three, the third question I would ask, and this is really important, can I see the doctors that I want? Um, do I need a referral uh, to go see the doctors that I want? Um, because let's face it, um, I know if I had something horrible happen to me, like cancer, which happened to my parents, I'd want to go see the best uh, cancer specialists in the world. I want to go to a place like MD Anderson in Texas or Sloan Kettering in New York. Uh, if I had heart problems, I'd want to go see the Cleveland Clinic. Um, I want to go see the best of the best. Number four, and uh, again, this is very, very important. Will my prescription medication be covered? Um, yeah. And people don't realize this, but there is a formulary um, with, with Medicare and Medicare supplements on what is covered and what isn't covered. Um, number five, um, I just got two more. Number five, I'll try to make this quick. No, we got time. Um, you keep going. Okay. What will my actual out-of-pocket co cost, out cost be? What are, what are going to be my actual expenses? You know, whether I choose a traditional, original, Medicare with a Medicare supplement, or whether I go with a MedAdvantage plan. Um, again, I, I have clients in, um, who have obviously have true Medicare supplements. Say the husband has a true Medicare plan and, and a supplement, and the wife is, is very healthy, and we put her on a MedAdvantage Med plan. So it, it, it's not right for everybody. You've just got to right. really uh, discuss that with your client. Um, and lastly, and I think this is important too, can I use the pharmacies that I want? Um, you know, if your pharmacy is not included in your plan, you know, the one down the street that you've gone to all your life, and you have to try, you know, drive 20 minutes there and back <laughs> to get your medications, it can be, quite frankly, um, not only tough on, on, especially when you're not feeling well, it can be tough on your caregivers and everybody else. So those, those are the six things I would really encourage you to ask your specialist, the person you go to. And again, you can go to our websites. I'm sure it's going to be on, on the screen very yeah, soon. Yeah, let's get up the FPS website if we can. Um, um, yeah, you, you said a couple of things that ring that's so true, again, not just to, you know, one person or two people, but, but to anyone with, with a mom and dad. I, uh, my dad's been gone 14 years, which, you know, I was 46 in his last year of life. And um, my dad was a, you know, we lost my dad a little before his 82nd birthday. Really hoped he would have uh, went longer than that. He was a, a staggering individual. I read, a, uh, I wrote a book about him um, called A Gift from My Father. But you know, I have pictures of my dad uh, literally jumping waves on a jet ski <clears throat> in my office um, in his mid-70s. That was my That's dad. Awesome. Um, but when he got sick with congestive heart failure, it went down pretty quick. And the last year of his life, I spent a lot, a lot of time, uh, he lived with us, we had a home with two master bedrooms. Uh, I spent a lot of time at the pharmacist, with the pharmacist that we had been going to for 20 years. So you, you brought up some things that really, that gave me goosebumps. It's not just a, maybe a longer drive to go to that other pharmacy, but there's a certain comfort when I walked in 
and, and the man behind the counter at Eckerd's, it's now CVS, you would say, Michael, how's dad doing? Um, I also spent so much time in these drugs, this particular drugstore, and it was one of those things that made me think, wow, I'm in my mid-40s, I'm the president of a fairly large mortgage company, I thought I knew things, and it, you know, sometimes the, the world just slaps you in the face and says, you really don't know that much. How many people, while I was waiting for my father's um, prescriptions, would be walking up to the same pharmacist, um, and, and these were people dressed very nicely, mom had an expensive purse, nice jewelry on, um, and would lower their voice and say to the pharmacist, I need my six prescriptions, uh, but my social security check isn't here yet, so can I take half now and I'll be back in 10 days for the other half? And uh, the first time I thought I saw that and heard it, I thought, well, that's sad, and I guess that's you know, unusual. But as I spent more and more time uh, in this drugstore for almost 12 months going to get dad his different medications, it was amazing to me how many people, um, quite frankly, uh, were picking up a part of their prescription at one time and coming back for the rest. It's sad to me to see young parents, you know, saying, oh, that antibiotic is not covered, $88. I thought it was going to be 10. Um, It really has a way, uh, the industry that you're in, of kind of slapping you in the face and going, you know, things aren't equal for everybody. And uh, the, the questions that you're bringing up, again, to me, so many people don't ask until it's too late. Exactly. Exactly. And again, I I never talk about politics. Two things I was taught in sales 101 is never talk about politics or religion to a client. But even with uh, the recent government shutdown, you heard story after story about people, you know, having taken half doses of their insulin because they couldn't afford to to buy their full prescriptions. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear it all the time. And medical costs, um, and this is for people, again, in your range, 62 and under, which tend to be more and more of my clients. Obviously, Medicare is 65 and older. Um, health insurance costs have, have ballooned to it, where, where it's almost unaffordable for, to get real excellent coverage. Um, yeah. and most com- I'm sorry, and most companies aren't offering what they were offering you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Exactly. And I don't want to get too far off topic, but it, it does amaze me when you walk into a doctor's office, um, and this is so far off topic, but I, we're going to do a panel show um, with you and Bill Comfort and Mark, and we're going to talk about a lot of things one day. But it always amazes me just the pure idiocy of when you walk into a doctor's office and there's a sign-up that says... Um, basic appointment, physical, blood, this. If you have insurance, $480. If you don't, 220 Right. And then you wonder why premiums are so high. Exactly. I just, I mean, I almost think it's, it's gall to have that sign up on the wall. How can you wonder why we're paying so much in insurance premiums when you have that. In other words, if you have insurance, we're going to rip it off for all we can. And I don't want to get off on that because then we will get political and I want to stick to what we're doing. But it it just, the industry staggers me of of dishonesty and and unethical practices. It's really, and that's not to the doctors, by the way. That's to the pharmaceutical companies, not, not the great doctors out there. All right, I'm also very surprised. I could give a little example 
but I'm not going to from my mortgage world. Tell us the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. Okay, um, this is a great, great topic, and I'm, I'm glad you posed that question to me. I'm glad you wrote it. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, they talk about the CMS, which is the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And I hear a lot of people, even very educated people, when I talk to them, they talk about, well, I have Medicaid, so I don't I have to worry, or I have, I have Medicare, and um, I don't have to worry. Um, Medicare, let's be clear again, is your health insurance once you're 65. Very simple. It's available to everybody. It's broken down to A, B, C, D, like I talked about. Medicaid, it's also referred to as Title 19. Um, it's an entitlement. Uh, it's a fancy way of saying welfare. Um, Medicaid is health coverage for millions and millions of, of Americas, in, Americans. It's generally state administered. So every state, again, has their different rules for Medicaid. In California, it's called Medicare, Medi-Cal. In Massachusetts, it's called MassHealth. Um, but it's Medicaid, it's, it's an entitlement. And it's a means-tested um, entitlement. So basically, it's designed for people who do not have or an income or very, very little income. Um, the majority, the biggest budget item on any state in the United States right now is Medicaid. Um, it's over 40% in almost every state. And with the population aging, living longer, they're expecting it to go as high as 50 plus percent wow. is Medicaid. Um, so Medicaid, I, I know in our business, for example, long-term care, um, basically you have to spend down your assets. Well, most states are income first states. Mm -hmm. I know I know in my state, uh, you're allowed a monthly personal allowance of your income. Uh, it used to be $69 a month of your income, you're allowed to, to keep of income. Uh, they lowered it to 60. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, then they start with assets. And I often get asked, well, what's an asset? Um, everything's an asset. Um, I don't care if you have money in an IRA, a 401k, an annuity, uh, a CD, a savings account, or even a trust. Uh, I often get people asking about trust. You know, the one thing that could, excuse my pun, or alliteration exact, bust a trust is, is Medicaid uh, or Title 19. Um, and basically at that point, um, they could spend down, I, I know in my state, uh, a couple generally, if, if they need long-term care, uh, they have to spend down to, to a couple is $2,400 of their assets. Um, for a single person, it's $1,600. They could prepay a burial plot, and then typically they lean the house. Um, so basically, one, once someone's at a destitute uh, state um, or below the federal poverty level, they're eligible for Medicaid. At that point, you're awarded the state, and currently they could put you in any nursing home. Um, so, sometimes you get lucky and you're within the neighborhood, but the law is within a 100-mile radius of your home. Uh, and generally, we're talking semi-private room. Mm -hmm. you know, two, three, four to a room, 
and we're talking about nursing home care. And I have thousands of clients, fives of thousands of clients, and not one of them has ever called me up on a Saturday afternoon and said, Sean, I'm really looking forward to being in a nursing home. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. So it's again without we don't want to get carried away this hour is going quickly but you know they're living below the poverty level and they could be going into a, a facility within a hundred miles how is the spouse how is the children of a poverty level below poverty level stricken family going to be visiting and what kind of i mean i know medicaid helps millions of people it's a it's a great program uh, it does. but by boy it's way past yours in my lifetime for an overhaul, um, and yet, it, yet we can't seem to get it happen. And I, uh, again, not to be political, I blame both sides for this. And there's so many people that blame the left, blame the right. Come on, we all have parents. Um, this should be something people come together on and just fix, and, you, and it just doesn't happen. I, I agree. And uh, again, I've talked with many legislators, um, either state and federal, uh, I've testified in front of the, uh, the state of Connecticut several times. And if you notice in the last election, again, not to get political, neither side ever brought up the word long-term care. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why, it's the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. um, because it is the most expensive uh, thing out there, and the government simply has no way uh, of affording it. Uh, and I know when the the... Affordable Care Act, also called Obamacare, came out. They did a study on the feasibility of including long-term care uh, into the Affordable Care Act. And a friend of mine who was a, a big actuary at a huge company, they chose him to do the study. And the door was open to do the feasibility study. And within a month and a half, it was closed. And it just came out. There's just no way the government could afford to take care of folks, especially when the most medical costs come at the last five years of one's life. Right. And, you know, and again, with us all living longer, we're never going to be able to afford that. People are going to have to be prepared to do this on their own. Um, your, your amazing little state a few years ago actually put something in front of its state Senate, um, which just amazed me and my industry, my industry being the reverse mortgage world. Um, right. You guys try to pass a law, actually, that before you could apply, for government help for health care you needed to see if you could qualify for a reverse mortgage why are you giving why are we giving you hundreds of thousands of dollars when you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity never made it past the first round unfortunately Absolutely. but it, that not only would it have helped my business let's take that away for a second I, I always find it amazing when I meet a client uh, who is on Medicaid but has $400,000 equity in their house. They go, how did you do that? And they do tell me how they did that with proper mm -hmm. lawyers and trusts. Talk about ripping off the government. Yeah, the government rips us off, but it is a two-way street. I didn't think Medicaid was created for those people. Well, the, the interesting thing, it really wasn't. Um, and, and they did come up with laws to really, um, because what you're doing, in essence, uh, is... You know, an elder law attorney would, would go up to somebody who had a $500,000 house, let's say, and they would, in essence, hide the money or falsely, it's called falsely impoverishing yourself to qualify for a welfare benefit. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they passed the, the first law, and believe it or not, it was called the Granny Goes to Jail Law. 
where they threat pe threaten people actually criminally for for you know filing a claim and falsely impoverishing yourself. Um, then they threatened to go after the lawyers, um, and that wasn't held. And then they started with look back periods of divesting assets. Uh, currently, it's 60 months, but there has to be under certain circumstances. And they're talking about even going further to seven to 10 to 20 years. <laughs> so it, it's, if you talk to any elder law attorney, um, they're going to tell you to really explore, you know, um, some type, some form of, of long-term care insurance protection. Um, and I also want to answer a question that you asked before, because I often, you, you said, you know, I have Medicare. Do I need anything else? Um, you know, I have Medicare. Absurd. I'm all set. Yeah. Um, and again, some people feel that way. Medicare, again, is acute care, doctors, hospitalizations. But I, get, I talk to people and they say, well, Medicare covered my mom. Well, Medicare will, will, does have one rehabilitation benefit. If you're in the hospital for three days and you've got to be admitted to the hospital, you can't just be there under observation, which a lot of com book hospitals will do now. And it's got to be three midnights and you've got to show restorative capabilities, meaning you've got to be improving. So you meet all those criteria. Medicare will actually pay the first 20 days in a nursing home 100%. The next 80 days, so now we're talking day 21 to 100, Medicare currently covers all but $167.50 a day. If you have a Medicare supplement, Typically, that is picked up by the Medicare supplement, the 16750 for those 80 right. days. Day 101 on, now we're really discussing long-term care. Mm -hmm. that, that's when Medicare gets very generous, and they pay nothing. <coughs> You're on your own. Yeah, and let's face it, a stroke, uh, God forbid, a heart attack, um, any type of transplant, you're there more than 100 days. Of course. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> And the number one cause for, for care, especially when we're talking about the long-term care aspect of this, um, is what they call a cognitive impairment. Mm -hmm. And I used to sit on the board of directors of the local Alzheimer's Association, and we're looking at inception of disease to death right now on average dementia patient. Alzheimer's is a form of dementia. Mm -hmm. It's something like 14.3 years. Um, and they certainly don't have a cure for dementia, which I think very soon they will. Yes. Um, and it will be a manageable disease. I, I've, saw, I've seen all your shows, um, like something, a chronic illness like diabetes or something like that. Um, but currently, it, it, they're not there yet. No. Um, but they have medication that could retard the, the, the disease and allow people to live a lot longer, not necessarily better, but a lot longer, but requiring a lot of care or help supervision. One of our earlier guests that we're going to bring back soon uh, from the Weizmann Institute in Israel yes. says they're making huge strides uh, with they dementia really and Alzheimer's. And, you know, of, of all the diseases, I mean, if you gave me a choice, um, that would be last on my list. Uh, you know, to be robbed of your mental faculties is just, uh, um, I think I'm getting early stages of it every now and then now. I, mm. I actually have a very... A severe case of CRS, uh, which since we're on internet, I can say it. It's can't remember shit. And uh, <laughs> whoever said life began at 50, I think was 90. I think they lied because yeah. these last 10 years was. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to return home a little 
with 15 okay. minutes to go uh, because our long-term care shows have been our best shows and okay. uh, have, have caused the most interest with the public. So I have Medicare. I'm trying yep. to decide between a MedSup um, or what I'm supposed to do. But do I need long-term care insurance? I know the answer to that. Maybe I shouldn't say, do I need? Should I have long-term right. care insurance? Because I know I'm going to make it to 90. Uh, I know if I get cancer, they're going to probably cure me. I know if I have a stroke, there are things out there to help me live. Um, let's talk about, quite frankly, how this country just doesn't wrap its arms around the need for long-term care insurance. Well, let's face it. Who wants to talk about needing long-term care? Um, it, it's not a happy subject, mm. but it's a necessary subject. It's like filling out a will um, or a power of attorney or, or, or a living will. Um, Long-term care is something that folks don't want to talk about it until they, quite frankly, it hits them right across their eyes, like in my situation with my mom. Right. Um, it's just not a happy subject. Um, Long-term care insurance, I think, is, is a responsible and necessary tool to help folks um, <laughs> plan, plan for the future. Now, what, what do you hear when you talk about long-term care? Whoa, it's so expensive, I hear. Um, long-term care could be made affordable in almost any situation for any client. Um, obviously, if someone's on Medicaid or Title 19, um, long-term care is not an appropriate vehicle for right. them. But there are uh, vehicles for folks who are on Medicaid that could help them. So when we talk about long-term care, as far as this discussion is, what is it? It's just needing some type of help or assistance for a period of 90 days or longer. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're 95 with something terrible like dementia mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I see the Superman. And when I saw you a couple of weeks ago in Florida, I know you're Superman. I feel like you're Clark Kent with my glasses. <laughs> you know? I like um, those glasses. You didn't have them right. when I met you two years ago. No. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I actually, I went on claim four years ago. Really? Um, at 46 years old. And I'd never been in the hospital a day in my life, and I was playing beach volleyball with my 8, now 12-year-old. I took a left, my ankle took a right. Oh. I was down in my Florida home. And us men being macho, I walked on my foot for of five days. Real men, real men laugh at pain. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so my foot was the size of an elephant, so it was New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, 10.30 at night, we found a walk-in clinic in Sarasota. We went in, they took x-rays, and the doctor just came back shaking his head, and he said, your ankle is completely shattered. Oh, my God. So I flew back to Connecticut, and um, I had surgeries, and I still have the, the pins and the, the screws and oh. the plates in my legs. They don't take them out now. Mm -hmm. But but I literally needed care for seven months. Um, I couldn't put any... So I activated my long-term care policy. So I think when we talk about long-term care, I think people think, you know, I'm sitting in a nursing home, uh, over-medicated, you know, slumped down. Long-term care, the majority of long-term care is what's called custodial care. And that means people coming in to help you clean the house, cook the meals, do the laundry, chores and errands, take you to the doctor, do the shopping, things like physical therapy. Um, it, it could range a variety of different things 
even equipment benefits, mm -hmm. home modification that was discussed on, I know, on one of your previous programs. Um, well, I, I know, I don't, I'm, I don't remember now whether it was, uh, you know, Peter or Bill or Mark, but I remember hearing it years ago. So many people do look at long-term care insurance as nursing home coverage, but I remember your particular group of people going, no, it's anti nursing home coverage and with all the things that people disagree on and they disagree about so much about the care of their parents and their grandparents one thing that cannot be argued people live longer at home obviously if safety is involved they may have to be in a facility if they're in danger obviously but take away that factor people live longer at home every study every medical study in the in the world i don't care if it's in america you want to keep them at home. And again, that, that stereotype of, I don't need long-term care insurance. I'm never going into a home. Actually, if you don't have long-term care insurance, you are going to end up in a nursing home. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing. What long-term care insurance does uh, in the variety of, of manifest, mani uh, different, different types of, of long-term care, mm -hmm. um, it, it allows you choices to get the care where you want. And the only type of long-term care that I'd really look into um, is, is a comprehensive policy or what they call integrated mm -hmm. in that it would des it's designed to keep you at home, but it would cover things like assisted living, a continuing care retirement community, a memory unit, community care like an adult daycare. It would cover a skilled nursing home, but like you just said, it's now become nursing home avoidance insurance, mm -hmm. where, whereas when it started, it was truly nursing home insurance. All right. So, you know, you're, you, uh, you just turned 50. You talked about going on, um, you know, on care. What was it, two years ago, four years ago? Four years ago, so, I won a claim for seven months. So how old were you when you bought your long-term care insurance policy? <laughs> Believe it or not, I bought my policy when I was 29 years old. After your experience with mom and dad? And well, for two reasons. Number one, I, I was experiencing it with both my parents. Um, and um, I was planning to get married. And I had children. Yeah, I was going to have children. And I just thought it would be really selfish of me not to have something in place. to Because I love my wife and I certainly love my children. And I'd never want to put the burden on them that I went through. That we could spend an entire show on that um, because it really and truly uh, the, some of the st statistics that your partner Mark Goldberg uh, brought up on a previous show, in fact, not the last show, but the show before that, the stress, the medical uh, conditions that are developed by actually the caregiver, the son, the daughter, the sister, the husband, the wife, um, because they're having to do it all because there was no long-term care insurance protection, that there are many cases that the caregivers are predeceasing or at least their health is failing more rapidly than the person they're caring from. Uh, Mark put it more eloquently, but even as I say it, it gives me the chills. I will tell you that 14 years ago when I was uh, not as heavy as I am now and in much better shape, um, you know, my dad's last year of his life was... Uh, was rough. I had you know three children and yes. uh, a business to run, but nothing came before dad. And uh, I wouldn't trade a a minute of that year, you know, for anything in the world. Exactly. Uh, and when we went and and needed pretty much the last six months of his life, some skilled care about eight hours a day, but right. I needed some unskilled 
really and truly 16 hours a day. He was six foot one, 240 pounds. I was worried about him falling in the bathroom. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm a big guy, but when he did fall a couple of times, thank God he didn't break anything. It's hard to lift a man six foot one, 240 pounds his week. So we ended up having people the last three to six months of our, of his life, and it was a quality of life, 24 hours a day. And without, and even with his med sub policy, his Medicare. He was also a, a highly decorated POW uh, from World War II, so we got some wonderful things from the VA. But I got to be honest with you, we were spending about 7000 a month on that care with all that coverage. Um, and knock wood, we were in the position to do that. That's a blessing. I don't take that uh, for granted. Most of the country can't do that. Um, right. So, the, you know, as you say, I love my children, and that's one of the reasons why I did it. Um, and I'm ashamed to say, sitting here at 60, I don't have long-term care insurance. We don't have much time left, but I hope we have enough time for this question. Let's use me as an example. 60 years old, overweight, <clears throat> not that much, little, okay, a lot, fine. Stop pressuring me. Um, I'll go on okay. a diet. Okay, I'll go okay. On, I'm going on a diet. Leave me alone. Overweight, in general, okay. Heart is fine. High blood yep. pressure. Can I still get some sort of long-term care insurance to make sure my well, children are... I'm not, you know, changing my diaper. Again, here's here's the reality of, of long-term care right now is you cannot buy long-term care with money. Uh, I have people that are millionaires 10 times over who want long-term care that just can't get it. You have to buy long-term care with your health. And then, of course, you I'm pay in deep for your money. <laughs> well, not necessarily. You got to call the number on your screen right now. And I'll, I'll help you out, Mike. Um, but, but anyway, put that the, number um, up there. <laughs> the, um, you know, you do have to buy this with health. But things have changed drastically in the 25 years that I've been doing this. Mm -hmm. um, when I started, I could almost get anybody insured with traditional long-term care. Mm -hmm. I was just recently at a meeting in in um, in Texas, and I had actually had an insurance company, a major insurance company, brag that four out of 10 applicants uh, for long-term care insurance are being declined strictly because of health issues. So the actuaries have really caught, cut off uh, on the things of what's gonna cause people, the morbidity issues, the things that are right. gonna cause people to need care in the future. Um, and, and they're being very, very selective. So Let's get, excuse me one second. I know, yep. uh, warn me when we have about 30 seconds left, please, just talking to my producer. And let's yep. end with the FPS website up there. Be people need an expert for this. Uh, but give Absolutely. me a warning, please, when we have 30 seconds, if you would. And let's get Absolutely. the FPS website. Yeah, continue, sure. we still got two and a half minutes, so okay. please continue. But, but the wonderful thing right now is, um, even though 40% of our clientele and we could pre-screen and appeal. Um, there are, the, the insurance companies are responding um, with unbelievable products right now for folks who cannot get traditional long-term care. Um, and again, this is where you really need a specialist. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when the husband's approved and the wife is declined or vice versa, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's really an emotional decision and that's even more the reason why the husband should keep his traditional long-term care. But now we've got things like, for example, your specialty, reverse mortgages, mm -hmm. to help pay for long-term care. We have critical care policies um, that will provide um, you know, a lump sum of money or a, a lot of money for folks 
to get care within their home. We have short-term, long-term care policies that would cover people for a year. And actually, if they use it up and they don't need care for another six months, it re re replenishes the pool of money to cover them for our next year. And then it replenishes them again. We have a hospital indemnity uh, policies. So we have annuities with long-term care riders. We have the hybrid products. So if you get with a long-term care specialist, and I don't care if you've applied for long-term care five, five or six times, you should really uh, get with someone who knows all the solutions out there and really could pair you with the best and most appropriate situation for, for you and your family. Uh, great advice. And again, why wouldn't you want to sit with an expert? I mean, by God, when your car is broken, you go to an expert mechanic. It, it is amazing to me how many people, uh, you know, Google is a wonderful thing. It really is. It's changed the world. A and you, you might want to Google this, but then you have to talk to a professional like yourself or, you know, or Mark Goldberg or, or, or your hundreds of agents across the country. Uh, we got about 20 seconds left. Uh, please, uh, we, I know we have more than 20,000 people going to be viewing this. I know you're helping a tremendous amount, you and Mark, uh, distribute the show. We thank you for that. Uh, we need to have you back. Thank you and Mark so much. Uh, go, to, go to your website, please, our audience, uh, 62whonew.com, fbs.com. Ask the questions. Let us take care of you. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. <laughs>